Okay. Um, normally, I'm very careful with this year not to double dip. What I mean by that is I give uh, throughout the week a number of other shiurim, including a 10-minute halacha shir, 15-minute, whatever, some, somewhere between 10 and 15-minute halacha shir each day. And I try to make sure that this shir doesn't just turn into an expanded version of the 10-minute halacha shir. Um, but, but this week I gave a 10-minute halacha shir that uh, I got more feedback on than probably any other one except for the one about Starbucks coffee, but pretty much more than, <laughs> than, than any other one. And um, it was apparently really touched a nerve with people. And the reason I gave that halacha shir was because of a shayla that was asked here last week after the shir. Someone came over to me and asked me the shayla, and that's what got me interested in the topic. So, and I, I feel like with all the feedback I got, that I have a little more clarity now than I had then. And also that I feel like maybe a little, this year, the Tamil Akshirim that we give are more like, no one says anything except for me. It's, it's more like I just shoot it all out and you know, no one asks any questions. Over here it's a little more interactive and I feel like maybe I'll have a better grasp on it and we can learn together and maybe get a better grasp of the Matthias and of all of the factors that go into it because there, there, are, there are a lot of moving parts. The, the Shaila can come in a number. I'm going to share with you two Shailas. One that was the one that I got here last week and one that I was asked a while back. But they both relate to the same topic. The shayla that was asked here last week, someone, uh, someone that comes to the shir uh, somewhat regularly now uh, owns a pizza store. And in the pizza store, a, you can, I don't know if you can guess who it is in the room, but in the pizza store, a, a woman came and, and ordered a pie of pizza. So he gave her a good pie of pizza. So the woman comes back two minutes later, and hopefully he'll correct me if I get the story wrong. She comes back a couple of minutes later and says, the pie's no good. The pizza's no good. I don't, I don't like it. Something's wrong with it. Didn't look like anything was wrong with it. The cheese was fresh. Everything was, it was the same sauce he always uses. Pizza store's been in business for a long time, and, you know, everyone likes the pizza. It didn't look like anything was wrong with it. But she said something's wrong with it, and as a good business, businessman, he knows. Rule number one in business is? Customer's always right. Okay, so he gives the woman back her money. And he says, okay, take back your money. Now, how, how the, next, the next few steps worked out exactly, I'm not, not 100% certain, but it's something along the lines of, so he gave her back her money, but he said, look, I can't sell this pizza. You already had it at your table. Once, I, once the pizza leaves my hands, I can't, I can't turn around and sell it. So, you know, you could throw it out if you want or do whatever you're going to do with it. I'm not going to, you know, I can't do anything with it. So she said, oh, really? So she takes the pizza, goes back to her seat in the store, sits down, and eats the entire pizza that she just got all of her money back from because the pizza was bad, because the pizza wasn't, wasn't good. So the question is, what are the... Is that okay? Meaning she had already returned the pizza and got her money back, so that transaction is over now. Now it's just going to be thrown out. So I don't want it to be thrown out. I might as well eat it. Well, is that Megala that maybe it wasn't really so bad in the first place? If it was enough... I mean, the fact that she ate an entire pizza... I don't know if it was a slice or a pie, but if it's a pie, that's pretty impressive, and it's 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 pretty something. But it's uh, <laughs> it's it's it, so is that is that is that something that can uh, be mevatel the mekach? Is that does she have the right to return something? You know, can one come with a tain and say, well, I wasn't willing to pay twenty bucks for the pie of pizza, but for free, I was, I'm willing to eat it. It's it's good enough for me to eat it for free, but not good enough for me to. Is that a taina? Or do we assume that, no, when you buy the food, if you think that you can eat it, then, uh, then you have no right to, to return it. That a person doesn't, is it just something, well, I have the right to do whatever the storekeeper will allow me to do. 
So if the store owner is going to take it back, that means I have a right to take full advantage of that. Is that, is that a fair assessment of the situation? I'll give you another case that involves a much bigger operation than a pizza store. It involves the, the Gap. You're familiar with the clothing store, the Gap. So apparently, this was a few months ago, I assume this promotion is over, the Gap was running a promotion where if you spend $100 at the Gap, you get $45 off your bill, which means that if you buy $100 worth of clothing, they give it to you for $55. That was the promotion. $45 off of a $100 purchase. That's a pretty good promotion. Yeah. They had one, one item of clothing that was excluded from the promotion. A certain type of jeans that apparently they didn't want to give you $45 off. So, so if you buy $100 worth of this type of jeans, you don't get $45 off of the purchase. But there was a glitch in their system. And the glitch was as follows. Normally, if I were to buy $100 worth of shirts, let's say a shirt in the Gap costs, I have no idea what a shirt in the Gap costs, let's say a shirt, just to pick around, the shirt in the Gap costs $50, let's say, a nice shirt, probably doesn't, probably a little less. Let's say a shirt in the Gap costs, what? what is it? Yeah, let's say $20 for a shirt in the gap. So I buy five shirts. So they're going to give me uh, 45% off, and the way it will ring up on the receipt is that instead of the shirts costing uh, $20, the shirts will ring up as costing $11. Right? 45%, that works. The, shirts, the shirt will ring up as costing $11. And each shirt will ring up as costing $11. And therefore, if I ever return a shirt, I'm going to get $11 back. Now, because the jeans weren't in the, as part of the promotion, but the glitch in their system was that when you buy the jeans, it can count toward the $100 that will trigger the $45 rebate. It's just the $45 rebate won't hit the jeans, which means that if the jeans cost, follow along here, if the jeans cost $55, let's say, and every other product you buy costs $45, the, 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 the way the receipt will show is that the jeans cost the full $55 and that the other $45 of items are all free. Instead of evenly dispersing the $45 break across everything that you bought, because the jeans are excluded from the promotion, so the jeans will, will ring up as, 50, as, as $55 full price and everything else that you bought will ring up as free. So if you try to return anything else that you bought, you won't get any, any money back because you got that for free. But if you return the jeans that you bought, you'll get $55 back. So what you could do is <laughs> spend $55 on the jeans, $45 on other clothing, having no interest in buying the jeans, pay $55 for your entire purchase, then go return the jeans for $55, and you now paid $0 for $45 worth of clothing. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> as much as desired. And, uh, what? Don't rinse and repeat. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, right, so you just keep on doing it. So a person asked me, am I allowed to do this? So the person, at first I didn't know, it took a lot of explaining until I followed the whole story. So the person said that, the person that asked me, the shadow told me, he, he writes in an email, um, now when I get emails, people, because since I started this year, people say, you know, we'll either say, you can use this or you cannot use this, because people know that I'm using their emails. So the person writes in the email, and he, he wanted me to use this because he thought this was exciting. He, he writes, it turns out my sister-in-law called, and the manager she spoke to said it's okay, and she can return it. 
In fact, someone she spoke to called her brilliant. <laughs> I called, and the manager I spoke to told me not to worry about stealing, but they'd probably realize with their fraud services and either make you return the clothing with the jeans or adjust the amount they give back for the jeans based on the deal. I called the Business Halacha Institute, and the rabbi I spoke to thought that the manager giving the askama was fine, but I was a little skeptical considering it could be that the managers of the departments you speak to are not involved with the departments involved in creating the sale. Okay, that was, that was the, uh, the shayla. So it also relates to an ethics of returning something. Not food in this case, but here's a person going into a store, buying a product, that meikara, they have absolutely no plans whatsoever of using, ever. They're only buying the product so that they can return it, because that's going to involve some financial gain for them. So is that permissible to do? Is there any issue? Now, another difference between the two cases is that the first case was a Jewish-owned store. The second case is a publicly traded company. I believe Gap is a publicly traded company. So it's neither a Jewish-owned store nor a non-Jewish-owned store. The status of publicly traded corporations is a very interesting sugya in halacha. Very nogeah for this time of year. Chamech Shavar Lava Pesach. Right? Is a, there's an isra of Chamech Shavar Lava Pesach if a Jew owned Chamech Shavar Pesach. What if it's a publicly traded company? So is that called that a Jew owned it, that a non-Jew owned it, that neither owned it, that it's a shut, if, do we view it as a shutfus, where it's a partnership with, between all the shareholders, or do we view it as like legally, in, in the American law, so the way we view it is it's a separate entity called a corporation. That it's not a person, it's a corporation. It's not a partnership, it's a corporation. Separate entity, maybe halacha recognizes that as well. We have enough Kamino also, Rav Shechter holds, that if you buy, um, if you buy Kalim, let's say flatware, uh, that's produced by a massive company, by a publicly traded company, that it doesn't require it to be less Kalim, because it was, you didn't buy it from a guy. It wasn't produced by a guy, it was produced by a company. So he says you do tevila without a bracha. You can't make a bracha on such tevila's kelim. It's quite a chiddish. No one else I know holds that way. Most people assume that you do tevila's kelim with a bracha on such things, but he holds without a bracha. So that, that also clouds the, uh, the, the case a little bit. Or for example, you have, just to give, throw in a third case, you have a lot of times, people tell me they see this, I don't know, Costco has a notoriously generous return policy. Now, the reason Costco has a notoriously generous return policy is because it's no skin off Costco's back. Because Costco is such a massive customer for the, for the, whole, for the, for the, 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 the manufacturer. If they get the Costco account, if the manufacturer manages to sell to Costco, they are selling such volume to Costco that they will sign on the dotted line to whatever terms Costco determines. And Costco puts in their contract with their manufacturers that if we ever get a return, you have to take it back. And that's it. And it's worth it for the manufacturers to get the Costco account to agree to do that. So Costco has an extraordinarily generous return policy. Even they adjusted it a while ago when people started coming back with computers three years later saying, this is totally outdated, how can I use this computer? <laughs> so they, 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 they stopped doing that, you know, with, with electronics at least. But one of the things that people tell me they see is if you were to show up to Costco on the Monday morning after the Super Bowl, you will find people returning large flat-screen televisions that they had purchased on the Sunday morning before the Super Bowl. And a person is about to have a Super Bowl party, and they have everything they need except their TVs. Now, as great a TV as the ones that they have at Costco. Those are really nice TVs. And you get, like, a free rental. All you have to do is go buy it on Sunday, use it Sunday night, return it Monday. And Costco has no problem with that, apparently. They'll take it back. 
So is it permissible to do that? You're walking out of the store buying something, you have no plans of, uh, of returning. So a couple of things about, <laughs> a couple of just general ideas about returning items and the ethics of returning something. I think it is, it is, it is and, and most of the people that you ask about this, even rabbis that I've spoken to, their, their knee-jerk reaction is, well, if the company lets it, then you're allowed to take advantage of it. I, I don't agree with that at all. I think that's against the halacha, and I think it should bother us if, if that's the attitude that, that a person has. I think we need to have a, a little bit of a higher, a higher sense of, of ethics, but I think the halacha has a higher sense of ethics. And, and, and it's for the following reason. Let me just give three yisodos, and then maybe we'll go through some of the halachas and shulchan aruch. Yisod number one is that, there is, and this we've discussed in the past, there is an isra called Genevas Das. Genevas Das, Gemara Chulun, Das Adalit, Asur Lignov Das Abrios, Afilu Das Akum. You're not allowed to be Gonev Das Abrios, even the Das of a non-Jew. So what is Genevas Das? But we don't have to guess what Genevas Das is. The Gemara gives examples, Shulchan Aruch gives examples. If you deceive a person into thinking that you are doing something that is to their benefit, when in fact you are not doing anything to their benefit, that would be Gnevistas. Now, if the person is a fool, and it's obvious to anyone who's watching that you're not really doing something for their benefit, and that you're really only doing it for yourself and whatever, and they're, they're just fooling themselves into thinking that, so then it's not a violation of Gnevistas. But if you're just doing a normal, regular activity that typically benefits another person, and you really have a total ulterior motive, and it doesn't really benefit the other person, and you're just doing it for some ulterior motive that they don't know about, that's a violation of Gnevis Das, and it's also to do that with a guy. In, in my humble opinion, going into a store and purchasing an item gives the store owners and managers and salespeople the impression that you are doing something beneficial to them, that they are making a sale. If you are going into the store having no intention of it being an actual sale, you're going in just thinking that, okay, I'm going to walk out with this so that I can walk back in with it tomorrow and return it. That seems to me to be a classic example of Gnevastas. And it doesn't matter whether the store is a Jewish store or a non-Jewish store or a corporation or anybody. Because the clerk that's making the sale you're being Gonev Das from, you're being Gonev Das from the store manager, from the corporation, I think it's a, it's a large-scale Gonev Das. Yeah. Um, so buying a corporate manager and corporation, whatever, um, the, if the clerk knows that like, everyone's buying TVs today to, so that they can return it to Sunday... Um, so then it's not Gonev Das from the clerk if they know that. But I think it would still be Gonev Das from the, from the company at large. But they don't know you're buying what? They don't know you're buying it. Well, it gets put into the computer when when the sale is made. Meaning, so yeah. All these things are problems. Hill Hashem. That as well. That that. It's it's and 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 that's and for sure you can't get away from that. And not only that, not only is it a problem with Chil Hashem, it's a, it's 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 the it's it's an incredible Chil Hashem of of a massive scale. Walmart has a. I'm not sure exactly what their return policies are. But the Walmart in uh, Monticello or in the, in the mountains over the summer has had to adjust their return policy because the people that go to the bungalow colonies and to the camps and everything else, the, the Frum crowd, uh, would buy things at the end of June and return them at the end of August when they were done. You know, and they had to change their return policies because of that against every other Walmart in the whole country. They have different returns. So now they know they could re- they just return it in Monroe because or whatever the Walmart in. But but that that was and that's a terrible chil Hashem that a, a 
company like Walmart has to have one store, you know, where the demographic says that we need to change the return policies to 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 accommodate, you know, the 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 shenanigans that are pulled by this by this demographic, and that's that's a real problem. Rav Shachter Mori Varabi pointed out that. Um, I, he, he's, I don't know if someone told him or he read somewhere that there was a study done of, of fraud in banks in different places, in different countries. Internationally, the UN commissioned some sort of study of, uh, of, of, of how much fraud happens in banks throughout the world. And the number one country with the most bank fraud is Italy. Why? Because of the mafia. Okay. Number two is Israel. So what a terrible Chil Hashem that is. That we're not number one. No, what a terrible thing <laughs> that is. That we, that, that, that's the number two next to the mafia. That's, that's a terrible, terrible Chil Hashem. So you're right. Chil Hashem can't be underestimated over here. We're first just going to talk strictly halachos of mekach memkar. You know, halachos of just business. Let's assume, you know, even with Jews it's Chil Hashem. That's the greatest Chil Hashem actually. But let's just assume regular halachos of Chosh Mishpah, leaving out Chil Hashem even if you can. Yeah. There are certain individuals who buy things to compare them at their house. For example, they would buy two different TVs to see which one would look better in their house. They obviously are not going to buy both of them. Good. So I think there's a difference between when you buy with a Hava Amina that you might keep it versus buying with no Hava Amina whatsoever of keeping it. For example, um, for example like this. You buy online, let's say. Clothing online. So when you buy clothing online or shoes online... So I know that I'm a, uh, whatever, I'm a size 38 suit. But some, some companies, when they, when, they, uh, when they sell suits, I don't buy suits online, so but let's say I did. Some company will run a little small, it will run a little, so I'll buy a 30, I'm at best a 38. So I'll buy a 38, a 39, and a 40, let's say, right? And that way, one of them will fit, and I'll return the other two. And that's standard practice when you buy online. I think that's permissible to do. I don't think that's, that's a violation of Gnevis Das. I think that's built into the model of selling clothing online. Because when you sell clothing online, you don't have a dressing room. You don't have a place where people can try it on in the store. The only way to try it on is to make the purchase, then try it on and then see what works. And that's become... So what they're saving on retail space, they're, spe- uh, they're, they're spending a percentage of that on shipping costs of things that you're going to try on in return. But you're not buying something with no Hava Amina of keeping. You're buying something with that. You have no Hava Amina of keeping all three. You have a, but, but any well, one of them you might, you might keep. And that's part of the way that you buy things. So if it's the normal way to buy things and you're doing it in good faith, I think that's permissible. And I think that's standard practice you know, across the board. I think that, that, that's, that's fairly standard practice. Um, that's rule number one, that I believe it's Kineva Stas. I spoke to a few other Rabbanim, big Talmudicham, who didn't agree with me. They thought it's not Kineva Stas. They thought, at worst, it's Taos Akum. Uh, I don't understand why. To me, it seems like textbook Kineva Stas. Uh, second rule. Because uh, Taos Akum is Mutter. Kineva Stas is you actively do something to deceive them. Taos Akum is they made a mistake. Meaning, they, uh, you, get, you get home after shopping and you notice in your uh, shopping bag that there's more stuff than you, than you ordered. Someone told me he called up a pizza shop and he ordered, um, you know, he made an order of X amount of uh, Sicilian slices or something. And then he got home and, he, uh, and there was one extra one beyond what he, what he ordered. 
So uh, he called up. The, so so if it's a non-Jewish pizza store, then you're probably eating non-kosher pizza. But if it's a if it's a non-Jewish store, the halach is you don't have to inform them of the mistake. It's a kiddush Hashem if you do. But halach, the one is not bound to inform them of the mistake. A friend of mine told me once he was in he was in Sims buying a suit or several suits, and he uh, and he got to the register and the person made a mistake ringing up the the price. And he's and he realized Sims. Sai Sims is a Jew. He should probably tell. So he said to them, "I think you made a mistake." And the person said, "Yeah, it's okay." He says, "No, I'm really not comfortable with that. I think I'd, 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 I'd like to pay for it." And the person, the the non-Jewish person who was working the register, puts his hand on my friend's yarmulke and kisses his hand and says. Only you guys would do something like that. That's a great Kiddush Hashem. You have the opportunity for a... Uh, for, it doesn't always work out that way, but that's a great Kiddush Hashem. So if you have the opportunity for a Kiddush Hashem like that, that's, that's wonderful. But Talos Akum technically is mutter. Kiddush Hashem, when you're actively trying to deceive, that's Asr. Yeah. There's the various uh, streaming services on the internet, the music, movies, basically. For example, Netflix... They offer you the month free of their service before you start. They can have stats, they get that free month, they know that they can do afterwards. I don't think so, because I think that they assume in that situation, that's a hook. They're trying to get you to take that month free of service, and you're going to get, you know, you're going to realize that even though you binge watched uh, whatever for eight seasons, there are really nine seasons, and you need to binge watch, you know, a little more, and therefore it's worth the 20 bucks for. Uh, Didn't you say that by the TVs at Costco? They think once you watch the Super Bowl on it, you'll keep it. I don't think they, they, they assume people buying TVs are just buying it to return it. I don't think that same assumption is. I said a glitch in the system, but I don't know if it was a. Meaning, it was it, it was something that they obviously didn't have. They didn't realize what they were. Yeah, but you, no, no, but you're actively taking advantage. Talzakum is you don't do anything to be mat at them. You just there was a to 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 cause them to make a mistake is is I think different. Uh, the second rule is just a very important rule over here. If um, if, let's say, you don't have a right halakhically to return something. Let's say you bought something from a Jewish store. There's nothing wrong with it. So the, the halakh is, it's yours. You paid for it, it's yours. There's nothing wrong with it, but you just change your mind. I don't really want it anymore. You bought a pie of pizza, and then you decided, not in the mood for pizza. I, I've been gaining too much weight. You know, I probably shouldn't eat it. Okay, I'm going to return it. The halakh is, you're not, meaning, the halakh is, it's yours. So the, 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 the pizza store owner has no responsibility to take it back. Now, he might take it back, but to pressure him to do so is a violation of Los Sachmud, Midoraiz. It's a violation of one of the Ten Commandments. It's a violation of Los Sachmud. Because the halacha is, if someone else has something that you want, and you therefore pressure them to make a transaction, even if you're willing to pay for it, but you pressure them into the transaction. Now, pressure can come, Shulchan Aruch says. Pressure can come in multiple ways. It could come by bothering them and annoying them until they take it back. Or it could even come in the, well, I'm the customer, so you don't want to mess with me. You don't want to upset a customer. Or it could come like, I'm the rabbi. You know, like, uh, you have to show me kavod. Or I'm the, you know, uh, whatever. Whatever your position is, and use your position of kavod as a way of, pressuring them where they're going to be embarrassed. I don't want to say no to the rabbi. I'm not going to... You know, to embarrass them into doing that, the Shulchan Aruch says explicitly, that's a violation of Los Achmud. Shinnun Tesun Chosh To use your 
to, to make it uncomfortable enough that the other person is going to want to make a transaction that they otherwise would not be interested in making. And I can assure you that if someone just sold you a pizza, they're not interested in buying that pizza back from you. And that's a new transaction. So to pressure them to do that would be a violation of Losachmod, which is Nisidah Rais, one of the Ten Commandments. And that, so if I'm interested in, my, in that money, it's not my money. It's their money, assuming that I don't have the right to return it. Assuming that I don't have the right to return it. We'll discuss what the Gedarim are of when I do have a right to return it halachically. But assuming halachically I don't have a right to return it, it would be Losachmod. So for example, I'll give you another example. You go to a Hamish store, a Jewish-owned store, and they have, when I say Hamish, I don't mean that doesn't charge sales tax. I mean a Jewish-owned store. You go to a Jewish-owned store. And they have a sign that says, all returns accepted only within 10 days. And you go back 12 days later. And you say to them, oh, come on, I couldn't get out the other day. And I was really, please, you know. You lost the right to return it because it's more than 10 days later. They're not interested in taking it back. But it's a Hamish a place. It's not a big company that's going to turn you away. So they're, 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 you, your chances are good of convincing them to take it back. Yes, but it's a violation of Los Achmed to convince them to make a transaction that they're not interested in making. Because once you bought it, it's not that, oh, they have my money and I have their product and I want to return their product. You paid for that product. That means it's your product. And the money is their money. And it's a new transaction to try to reverse that. It's really hard to convince them, but to ask them, say, like, I know it's two days after the return policy, it would be possible to return it. So to ask them if you're not someone who they would feel pressured by is okay. okay. But if you're the kind of person that they would feel like they need to, you know, that they don't really have a, a fair choice over here, um, is not okay. Sometimes it's no problem for them. You know, it's a product that, that, that's flying off the shelves. And you didn't even open it, and they have no... Fine, no problem. Take something else, and, you know, we'll sell this, that. So maybe no problem. But, like, uh, you know, if it were someone in my community that has a store, I would be hesitant to do it, because I was... Uh, they're going to have to face me every time they come to shul and they don't want to say no to the rabbi and then whatever. I would, be, I would be very hesitant to do this. Someone who has no idea who I am or even people who do know who I am and they know all too well who I am and they know that they don't have to impress me or whatever, you know, and they, they, they're not going to face me all the time. So then, uh, then uh, you know, to ask would, be, would seem to be permissible. So that's rule number two. It's going to take a while to get into the details, I guess. Yeah. Los Dachman is generally not, is generally against getting someone else's object. Right. You're talking about Getting someone else's money. Is, are they comparable? Yeah, I think so. Even though the examples in the Torah are Eishas Reyecha, Beis Reyecha. Now, Losachmud should be pointed out, Torah says Reyecha, which seems to be that Losachmud is only a violation in Al-Machavero Bein Yisrael the Yisrael, not Bein Yisrael Lagai. So Losachmud may be different in that context. That if you're dealing with a corporation or you're dealing with, uh, with an Eni Yehudi, then it may be different. It may be not a violation of Los Achman. Your chances of getting them to agree to take it back are also less, probably. They're not going to feel as pressured. But it's, it would not be, probably not be a violation of Los Achman in that, in that situation. Yeah. No, by the pizza case, if the person actually intended on eating it when they first bought it, it's not going to have a It's just that if... The, the issue at the, in the pizza case, we didn't answer that yet. The issue in the pizza case would be how below expectation, whatever the person's expectation was, would it have to be for them to have the right to return it? So rule number one would not play into Right. Rule number one wouldn't play into that. But rule number one plays into the Gap case right. and the Costco case. Yeah. Um, 
But does that one also find if, if, the, if you, you have a best friend and you, you know he would make an exception for you halfway, but for everyone else in the world he would make an exception? Um, would that also be the top of it? I don't think so. I think if it's just part of your relationship, I don't think it's a, you know, you just, he's happy to do so. If you said happily, I think that's, that's fine. Right. right, but, you know, that's part of, you know, you would do for your brother what you wouldn't do for other people. Um, third, third point uh, to make is that the right to return something, just before we get into what the details are of the right to return something, the right to return th- something is most often governed by minakamakom, what is considered normal in that place to, uh, and it's very difficult to determine minakamakom. But there's one thing that overrides minakamakom, and that is any explicit return policy overrides minakamakom. So if you have an explicit return policy that says that we'll accept all returns um, within 30 days, that is considered to be an agreement between the buyer and the seller, that the seller must accept returns, within 30 days and that the buyer should not try to pressure the seller to accept any returns after 30 days. Anytime there's an explicit return. So it is best advised for a customer to find out what the return policies are and for a store to explicitly let it be known to the customers what the return policies are. And that way you could avoid um, a lot of gray area in halacha trying to figure out what, what the minakamakum is. The, again, this is all assuming you're just returning something that's not damaged. If, if there was some prob- sort of damage, so that's, that's going to have to be our next discussion. That when can you be mevatel mekach because there was damage, because it was below expectation, because it wasn't what they thought they were getting, things of, of, of that nature. That, that will have to be the, uh, the next step. So let's, let's get to that, to that next step. The, um, the halach is in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen, Reish Lamed Beis, in Mishpat. In Shinnan Test is where it talks about Losachmar and everything else, and that's where it says all the things that I told you before about Losachmar explicitly. But in Reish Lam Beis and Choshem Mishpat, based on really the Gemara and Kiddushin, Mem Beis, the Gemara and Kiddushin, Kol Dav Shem Midav Shem Mishkal Shem Minya Fili Pachos Mikdeo Na Chozer. Halacha number one is you order, let's say, um, uh, ten pounds of matzah, and you get delivered nine pounds of matzah, and then you realize that uh, you could get matzah for cheaper. So can you return the nine pounds of matzah, get your money back? They didn't give you what you asked for. So return the nine pounds of matzah, get your money back, and then go to... Someone told me Costco is selling hand shmura. I don't know, I can't vouch for how good it is, but it's $15 a pound. So it's... Yeah, so it's right, pretty amazing, right? And all the Jews run to Costco now, it's, but it's pretty amazing. So they're selling for... Uh, normally shmura costs whatever, whatever it weighs in gold, I think is normally the way they... they so, uh, so, for 15. so anyway, so let's say you, you came to the, you had just ordered your Shmura Matzah this afternoon and you're paying $23 a pound and now you go home and you see that you ordered 10 pounds and they only, they, they delivered you 9 pounds or 11 pounds. So you want to go to the person you bought from and say, now you discover, now you come to the show tonight and you discover that Costco sells for $15 a pound. So you go to the person you bought from, this was not what I ordered, that's it, I want all my money back, you take all your matzah back, and then you run to Costco and get a better deal. So you're allowed to do that. So the Allah is called is not subject to the normal dinam of Ona'a. The normal dinam of Ona'a is that if the mistake is by more than one-sixth, you could be mevatel mekach. But when you're dealing with a number, with a, a, a clear number of things, the dinam of Ona'a don't apply, which means that you can always demand that they fill in 
what they what they what they missed. And the Beis Yosef makes this very clear. What it means that Ein Lo does not mean that you can be Mavatal Lemekach. It means that you can demand that they that that they, that they they complete the order as 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 originally agreed upon. So if you order eleven pounds of matzah, let's say the person that you, that you bought it from realizes that they only charged you twenty dollars a pound, they can get someone else to pay twenty three dollars a pound. So they can't say, oh, we accidentally gave you 11, we're mevatel lemekach, here's your money back, give us the matzah back, and then go sell it to someone else. They're not allowed to do that because the, their requirement is to take back that extra pound and then the sale remains, remains binding. So that's the easiest case. The easiest case when it's, is when it's a mistake in just in number. When it's a mistake in number, you rectify that mistake and as soon as you rectify that mistake, the sale is still binding. You do not have a right to return just based on a mistake, based on a mistake in number. What if they're not able to fill the entire order? It's sold out. You can't get that 10 pounds. Ah, so this relates to maybe um, a little bit of what... Well, that, that for sure, then you could be mevatel the mekach. If they couldn't fill your order, you could be mevatel the mekach. But not only that, and that's what it means, it doesn't follow the normal deen of Allah, even if it's less than one-sixth difference. If they can't fill that order, you could be mevatel the entire mekach. In addition to that, the Sma on the Shulchan Aruch in Reishlan Beis of Kandalid writes that if, if they overshot, they gave you 11 when you ordered 10 pounds, then you have to just return that one pound and the Mekach stands. The Sma writes that if they gave you 9, then the transaction was never completed. Because the transaction was supposed to be for 10, and then you could be Mavatal the entire Mekach. However, Magan Mishnah in third paragraph of Hilchus Mechira doesn't seem to agree with that Sma. Seems to be subject to a machlokas, so I wouldn't, you know, be cautious about using that 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 sma. But that would be the easiest case where there's a flaw in the in the item that you bought. The flaw is simply a number, so just figure out the right number. It's more complicated when you're dealing with something that's a defect in the in the merchandise that there's something wrong with it. So one second, one very critical rule. I just want to make sure I get this out. Shulchan Aruch says explicitly again, Reish and Beis. All these halachas are in Reish Lam and Beis and Choshemish. But look them up for yourself. I'm not making up any of this stuff. But a lot of people are shocked when they hear these things. Shulchan Aruch says in Reish Lam and Beis, if you buy something and you discover that it, that it's flawed, that there's some problem with it. So I buy a desk. Let's say I go to a furniture store. I buy a desk. And I'm very excited about my new desk. And then I discover that uh, the drawer doesn't open and close properly. That opens very smoothly, actually. But let's say it doesn't doesn't open and, and, and close properly. There's a, it's like you got to jam it. Close. There's a problem with it. A minor problem with it. It could be that you could return it based on a problem like that, and ask for a new one that works properly. But if your plan is to return it, what you are in effect saying is that you have not bought this desk, that that transaction was an invalid transaction, and therefore the money that the store is holding onto is your money, and the desk you're holding onto is their desk. And therefore, you're not allowed to use items that don't belong to you. Using an item that doesn't belong to you without permission is stealing. But over here, it's not stealing, it's an admission that the transaction was a valid transaction. That's what the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. That when you use it, you're being mochel on the mistake. And you're saying, if I'm using it, then that means that it's good enough that the transaction was a valid transaction. Unless you call them up and you ask permission. If you call them up and say, look, it's defective. I do want to return it. I just need somewhere to put my papers right now. So can I put my papers down on the desk? And they say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just return it whenever you can within our return policies. Then that's fine. You can do that. But short of that, 
you're not allowed to continue to use it, use, using something that permission is stealing. Was this feeling between Yehudim? Like, I don't know that a corporation would say, oh, your Shulchan Aruch says that it's your mind that's in my hands, so therefore it's your mind that's in my hands. So when it comes, that's an interesting question. If it's a din of Geneva, so Geneva Sakum is also, so you're not allowed to steal from a guy also. But, but if, if it's a din money. in Bittel Mekach, it may be, I would still think it would be. According to them, they're not holding your money. If you went to them and said, give me my money back, and you gave me a damaged product, they say, let's look at our own return policy. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, it's only a shayla if within the return policy you're allowed to return it. I'm saying even if you're allowed to return it within the return policy, but by you... Yeah, so they would they would take it back. Within their return policy, they would take it back. I'm assuming that. If it's like all sales are final, you cannot return anything like we had the Shaitel case, remember, I don't know, for those who are here. Like all sales are final, you're expected to inspect it before you leave the store. So then forget about it. You have nothing you have nothing to do. You have no recourse. You can't return it. Is, is the, if, if the return policy says it'll take it back no matter what, then like is, is the fact that there's a contract that it'll take it back change the whole like mecca? But I mean, yes, the sale was final, but they agreed to buy it back. That's not As a return. To the sale was never I mean, that's the way they view right. the return policy yeah. is that it was a sale, and that's the way it's accounted right. for in their books. Yeah. I hear that. Here, but in halacha we don't view it that way. In halacha we view it as a bitul mekach. So maybe that's, that's the difference between Jews versus uh, Jew and a non-Jew. I hear that. So maybe it's with a non-Jew. This is why pilpul chaverim is good. So with a Jew and a non-Jew, amongst other reasons, but with, with a Jew and a non-Jew, I, I hear that if they're accounting for it as a sale and then it's a new transaction, is that how they account for returns? That it's a separate transaction? I'm not, I gotta ask my father. He's an accountant for retail stores. I don't know. Yeah. There's something that happened in the country, just real quick. Uh, I didn't think anything wrong with this. We had a seminar about it. Look, you're in line at ShopRite. There's a big line, it's on a Friday. And there's, there's a Jewish, your friend is in line. And he's right before the, he's right before to be checked out. There's a huge line there. So I don't see anything wrong giving him a couple items to, to check through. And, and then, you know, he's my neighbor, I'll go pick it up later. He's in line anyway. Oh, okay, that's a, that's a different shayla. Cutting lines and what's... Maybe we'll make a different share about that, about what the gedarm of cutting lines are. I don't want to get into that now. That's not Ganevis. That's a different shayla. Let me just mention one more thing. Going back to the pizza case. What about food? You buy food and it turns out to be not as good as you expected. Are you allowed to return the food? Now, the halach is, let's say you buy food it turns out not to be kosher. And you ate it already. Can you say, I can't believe you gave me non-kosher food. I want my money back. So the Allah and Shulchan Aruch and Reish Lamedalit is if it was Asr Mita or Raisa to eat, you can get your money back even if you already ate it. Sinister Chefta, that's the Nesivis, Reish Lamedalit is the most famous Nesivis probably in all of Nesivis, the difference between Nesir Chefta and Nesir Gavra. It says if you buy, if it was Asr Mita Rabbanan, you can't ask for your money back. And the Nesivis explains because an Isr Rabbanan Beshogeg is no Isr at all. So you didn't really do an Isr. But one second. When you go to a pizza shop and you buy pizza, how defective would the pizza have to be to say that the standard is that you can return it? So let's say there's a bug in it. So do we say, so just take the bug out and eat your pizza? So I think if there's a bug in it, enough people are grossed out by it that you could say you could return your pizza. Let's say there's hair in it. So I think, again, enough people would be grossed out that you could say you could return it. Let's say the cheese is spoiled. Enough people would say, I mean, that's a no-brainer if it's spoiled. Now, let's say you bring the pizza home, and three days later, you open the pizza box, and the cheese is spoiled. So can you call, can you call the, the pizza store and say, happy to tell me, 
So the halach over there is that an expert has to look at it and determine, did it leave the store spoiled? Meaning, and this happens all the time with milk. I, I have a friend who owns a supermarket here in, in Queens. He says, it's unbelievable. People will come in two weeks later with milk and say, the milk is spoiled. <laughs> well, don't leave it in your car for a week and a half and <laughs> it won't be spoiled. <laughs> so the halacha is, if it left the store not spoiled, if it left the store not spoiled, even if it turned a day later, the halacha is that, that you don't have a right to return it. It's unbelievable, but that's against industry standard. I think industry standard is that if it spoils before the date and you refrigerate it in a reasonable time, that, 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 that most stores would have no problem taking a return on that. But what if the pizza just doesn't? It's not as delicious as you thought it was. You went online and the rankings for this pizza store were that it was delicious pizza and you like a different style pizza. It wasn't as delicious as you thought it was. So is that grounds to return it? So it's passionate that it's not grounds to return it. So what's the gather exactly? So my, my first impression was that the gather is when you go, let's say you go into a pizza store you've never been to before, or any restaurant you've never been to before. Your, your, your expectation is that you get a meal. Assuming it's not a fancy restaurant that costs a lot of money. Your expectation is that you get a meal. If it's a good meal, you did well. <laughs> if it's an edible meal, you met your expectation. If it's a meal that you can't even put into your mouth, it's so disgusting, well then you didn't meet your expectation and then probably that would be something returnable. If it's a meal that you would be willing to sit down and eat as soon as you get your money back, I would think that is far that, that, that has met your expectation. When you go to a pizza store that you've never been to before, you expect it to be edible. Edible means that you can, you can eat it. I don't think a person could say, well, I expected this pizza to be much, much better pizza. Someone sent me an email today that they were at a restaurant and they ordered a hamburger. And the waiter at the restaurant, I don't know what kind of burger restaurant has waiters, but they, 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 a, a, the waiter at the restaurant said, don't order the hamburgers, order the sliders. Because I want a hamburger, I don't want a slider. No, no, order the sliders, it's so much better. And for some reason it benefits the waiter to, to sell sliders rather than sell hamburgers. I don't know why. But the waiter was pushing the sliders on them. And the waiter brought sliders and they were like burnt and dry. Not like totally burnt, but dry and not good. So they wanted to know, are they allowed to return it? Are they allowed to return the sliders in that case? So I think in that case, where the waiter pushed it on you, I think the waiter should have to pay for it. Meaning, <laughs> it's not the owner's fault either. The waiter should probably have to pay for it. But okay, I think you know, it's it, that's what I'm saying. It's a tricky thing to determine exactly what the what the standard is. But it's important to be cognizant of these halachos. That a lot of times people aren't even aware that these are halachos. That if you bought something and there's a return policy and says no returns, that means trying to pressure them to return it is a violation of the sachmod. And that uh, you know, and if there's something that you want to return and that you plan on returning, continuing to use it is a mechila on that return. These are halachas that people should probably be aware of. I'll take questions afterwards. I just want, don't want to hold everyone hostage. It's 11 o'clock at night. All right, take care. Good Shabbos, everybody. So, like,